Yo, this is M1 from Dead Press. Hey, what's up? This is Boots from The Coup. Now, I mean, telling you to stay tuned to Hard Knock Radio. Keep it locked. On the move, this is Pam Africa on Hard Knock Radio, the station of resistance. Down with this rotten-ass system. Yo, check this out. Hard Knock Radio coming at you. Bringing the noise. This is Chuck D, public enemy number one. News, views, and hip-hop. Peace and love. This is Azim. You're listening to Hard Knock Radio. Real radio. From the concrete up all the way to the sun. Keep shining, y'all. One love. What's up, folks? This is your girl, Femi, representing the whole Bay Area. I'm here on Hard Knock Radio. News, views, and hip-hop. Stay tuned. Davey D, Hard Knock Radio, hanging out with you this afternoon. And in the building with us is somebody who's no stranger to our airwaves. All the way from the Windy City of Chicago, it is Chairman Fred Hampton, Jr. of the POCC, Prisoners of Conscience Committee. Black Panther Party Cubs. That's right, Black Panther Party Cubs in the building. How you doing, brother? Hey, spirits are high, spirits are high. Man, I wanted to ask you, you know, a couple of things. Um, one, of course, you know, everybody is talking about what went on in Chicago and the uh, aftermath of this thing with Donald Trump and what that really means and what the larger picture of, of it means, the coming together, um, him even showing up in a city like that, Hillary making remarks, all that sort of stuff. How, how did you see this? Well, he actually, actually uh, he did not show up in the city. In fact, he, uh, Donald Trump had counseled the event, uh, the event we supposed to speak at the UIC of, uh, so, uh, in response to Donald Trump being chumped in uh, Chicago. Um, but I, I want to add this, I want to say this too, just for the record. It should not be um, misconstrued that um, Hillary Clinton or the likes of, you know, that they have a, 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 a friendly relationship with, with the black community and other oppressed communities either. Because uh, our position is that we are, we are not for the um, Trump nor Hillary Clinton or uh, the Democrats or Republicans, uh, the Confederates or the Yankees, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Well, I think there was a lot of criticism about her because she put out a statement talking about condemning violence. And it was interesting that she did it when black and brown folks and Muslims came together to shut down Trump, but she had nothing to say when the sister was being assaulted by Trump supporters in Kentucky. So it's like, well, why are you talking now? You know, where was your statement about violence then? Mm -hmm. So I think we're clear about that. And then the other question that was raised, uh, when will Hillary, or for that matter, any of these candidates address the torture sites that you all have in uh, in Chicago. Can you talk a little bit about that torture prison they have? Yes, indeed. Uh, I also wanted to say, in addition to Hillary Clinton, her, she's literally politically tied to the waist of uh, the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel. She's yet to denounce um, the actions taken by the, uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, in particular the case of uh, Laquan McDonald, who was uh, gunned down by Chicago police, James Van Dyke, the case of Ronald Johnson and others. Uh, but, and also, as you just pointed out, uh, that, uh, the, what is referred to as the black sites, these are the, the literally torture chambers that, that have, and, have and continue to exist in the city of Chicago, and, which many of us refer to as Chirac, being that this is it's an actual war zone. And uh, our position is with um, tr Trump, uh, Clinton, or any, any candidate for that matter. You know, what is their position about these, these black sites, the question of political prisoners, and the general question of terrorism that we are subjected to on a day-to-day -day basis in our, in our, within our communities? 
I wanted to um, reference something. You know, the movie Panther came out, and in that movie they showed your father um, doing something that I think a lot of people haven't fully appreciated, which was the forming of the original Rainbow Coalition. That's something that we often um, uh, cite Jesse Jackson, but it was actually your father who did it years before. And one of the things that was interesting, at least in the film, they showed him sitting down and talking with these folks from Appalachia, the young patriots, and how they were forming these coalitions. Talk about the forming of these coalitions and why we don't see that today, you know, in the way that we saw when your father was doing that, or do we see that and it's just not publicized? And the and, and reason why I bring that up, one would think that these poor white folks that, you know, that are economically poor would have been... Uh, in conversation and would have found that they do have a common interest with those who live in the poor communities and are sit in, the, in the inner city, so to speak. But you don't see that. Instead, what you see is an attempt to keep um, two disparaged groups, you know, far apart and at each other. Well, let, let the record reflect that uh, right now, today, as we speak, the Black Panther Party Cubs um, prides itself on the principal coalitions that we have had and that we, that we, that we form. Uh, not only in the city of Chicago, but throughout throughout the country, in fact, better yet, throughout the world. In fact, with the next few days, we were set to meet with uh, uh, Connor, who's from the indigenous community and who has a long-standing history with the Native, Native Youth Movement, in which we've, uh, we've worked on uh, campaigns addressing um, the mining in Mount Pauly and other campaigns, as well as that within the Brown community, the, the issues of uh, the conditions in the infamous Cook County Jail in Chicago and the likes. Uh, but just to go back to the, the, uh, the initial part of your question, the, uh, the Rainbow Coalition, Chairman Fred, which uh, Deputy Chairman for the State of Illinois, the Black Panther Party, in which the Black Panther Party was very clear that it was the Vanguard Party, and it was not just a relationship with just everybody coming together and just you know hugging some sort of abstract, we just or feel good type of session. It was a principal coalition you know, that also respected that precious entity of self-determination. In other words, we've seen the young lords, and these with Cha Cha Hernandez, who within the Puerto Rican community, they was able to deal with, to deal with or speak and represent their own community's issues. And something that is difficult, a lot of people came from coalitions when, it's, um, when people come try to when people come try to be your spokespersons or to de deprive you of self-determination. So this is something that is that, that is key when we're talking about coalition building. And but I just want to go on to let the record reflect and reemphasize this, that right now as we speak today, the Black Panther Party Cubs in Chicago and throughout, throughout, the, throughout the world, we have a long history and a continue to form you know, principal coalitions. We just, some years back, right uh, down in Los Angeles, uh, Mortal Technique, you know, wrote, got down with us with the, uh, the Black and Brown Unity Tour. But we do, we, we do acknowledge that there were and there will be contradictions, you know what I'm saying, within the black community, within the black and brown community, our position is to heighten the contradictions and to be clear on who, who, who's the, the principal. What is the principal principal contradiction? Who, the, 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 the ruling class, which was born out of white power, who's putting the strings? Who's setting the conditions? But at the same time, acknowledging that there are secondary contradictions. But at the same time, keeping our eye and placing the placing the pig on the pig, the, the state. When you say principal coalition, what do you mean by that? And how and how does one determine that? Principal coalitions, uh, scientific relationships. Uh, in fact, I, I recall uh, we, we, we sat down with uh, dialogue with members of the, uh, representatives from the Brown community uh, uh, down in Southern California. We had up the ante to call like, to say, okay, we we need there has to be a reciprocal relationships. Like you know, in, uh, we talked about the case around that time was uh, the, the execution of Stanley Tookie Williams. So 
there has to be a reciprocal relationship from these from these various communities, and and, and not and, and also not just dealing absolutes, not just this abstract with all the entire black communities with the brown community. One thing that we always take into account is also acknowledging the class contradiction. So in other words, to be the, what representatives from these various from, from these various communities we're talking about, whether it be the brown community or the or progressive white community, not the um, not the, the state sanctioned ones, not the ones that they not the ones they pick up from the black community and say, here's your spokesperson. Because a lot of times these individuals who, who are who are detached from us, you know, so who don't even represent the black community, are heralded out and brought up to be the spokesperson. It's not by coincidence that the Rainbow Coalition, and many people are misinformed that it was Jesse Jackson that organized that. And the reality was it was Chairman Fred Hampton who organized the Rainbow Coalition. When you talk about the class contradictions, let me just make sure we're on the same page. Um, what we may have, and we've seen this, is that we... I think who live in poor conditions or have a uh, 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 economic situation where we just, you know, we kind of see things very similar. We should intuitively go, oh, okay, the folks that are going through uh, immigration struggles who are being chased down by ICE, we can relate. But if you go up the chain, you'll get a, uh, you'll get somebody who is making a hundred thousand dollars a year, who will sit up there and say, well, they shouldn't be here legally, and they'll be black saying that, which would create the illusion that all black people are feeling the same way when really it's just a small percentage you you've seen that with people like larry elders you've seen that with you know even people in the democratic party who were taking these positions that were very opposite and, and same with the brown community is that what you're talking about that as well as in, in addition to their respective aspirations a lot of times we'll say okay just because this individual's making a hundred thousand dollars but there are cases in fact when i was held captive when i was locked up there were individuals who, was, who were in prison with me who had no who had no resources but their aspirations they aspired to be part of the ruling class they had a, a, a petty bourgeoisie line so the politics regardless of even the resources that individuals have access to your your admirations your aspirations mm. it lays out and depicts your respective political position and this the deal is it doesn't have to be antagonistic but we must acknowledge these contradictions and in fact we say uh, I'm not a racist I'm a, I'm a realist so we must acknowledge the race contradiction you know since we must acknowledge the class contradiction and if we don't acknowledge it it's something that the system would take and exploit you know and make it become an antagonistic contradiction if we acknowledge it and face it head, face it head on it doesn't necessarily have to become an antagonistic contradiction how is that played out in Chicago or is it too far gone when you had the re-election of Rahm Emanuel, and you did have a lot of black folks that got behind Emanuel against Chuy uh, uh, Garcia. And so there seemed to be, you know, from the outside looking in, people were saying, well, how, how did this happen? How come you're aligning yourself with Rahm Emanuel? And of course, now history shows Rahm played those people that got behind him in a big way. Well, well let the record reflect. It was, not the, it was not the masses of black people that aligned with uh, Rahm Emanuel North, and also it was the case of, of Garcia. And you, you go back and look at what aspect, what class did Garcia even align with? The, 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 no, again, no disrespect, but the Jesse Jacksons and likes. So this whole, again, the masses of people who have been continuously attempted to be denied, whether it be in the black as well as the brown community, this is something that must, you know, that, that, uh, must be acknowledged. There's a class contradiction in every respective community, and particularly that of the colonized community. As we are in this election season, what sort of strategy should people be undertaking 
Is there is there a weakness? Is there something to be exploited if they go to the polls? Is there uh, is there an, a, a totally different strategy that should be enacted as as we are talking politics, as we are looking at who will be uh, sitting in uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? What sort of strategies would you suggest that um, people who are a little bit more interested in politics than they normally would, what, what sort of steps do you think they should be taking? Well, maintain a memory of those who drunk the Kool-Aid. In other words, you know what I'm I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but opposition was and remains to be that uh, Obama was the coldest drug that America has dropped on blacks since crack. So the deal was a lot of people are coming out of that and recognizing that even with the face of neocolonialism, you know, saying the conditions in our community, and that of Chicago should be noted, in particular Chicago or Chirac, these, those, those horrid conditions we are still subjected to. Who We have not heard a position from Barack Obama about the black sites, about the torture chambers, about the uh, the brutal conditions going on in Cook County Jail. So all these, so you see people should maintain their memories, you know what I'm saying, about you know who played, what role, who refused to say anything, as well as, it can be a correlation drawn to the stage in the game today of the late 60s. Say, for example, uh, during the uh, tenure of uh, former U.S. President John F. Kennedy, when there was a class piece, uh, people were being oppressed, but it was done in a Machiavellian type of way. Now, keep in mind, we're talking about the same John F. Kennedy that uh, implemented uh, the Green Berets that uh, was instrumental with the Bay of Pigs in Cuba, um, that had army tanks going down the, uh, the south side of Chicago. Um, and However, there was a, a law in organizing, but the Vanguard Party was out there, which is the Black Panther Party amongst others, was out there organizing. However, during, uh, when, when um, Richard Milhouse Nixon came in, pulled the pulling the gloves off, and you know what I'm saying, came with a hardcore campaign, what he referred to as a campaign for law and order. You've seen a surge in force. So he was an identifiable adversary to let you know very clearly, this is what I'm coming at. And we, you can look at this, this stage in the game now with the Trump. Trump, who's a, a blatant white nationalist reactionary, who comes out point blank. Even if you try to duck and dodge the question was going on, he let you know point blank. This this was going down, I'm not, I'm not going to water it down for you. And so this is a state, we, we must seize the time to be able to, you know, uh, uh, acknowledge this contradiction, but at the same time, do not get duped and say, "Okay, well, uh, the good cop and bad cop." You know what I'm saying? Call call the question on on the Trumps as as we're doing, as well as any other individual that's working in the, in the interest of imperialism and not the interest of our, of, of, of the people. The conversation around the politics has centered around Trump and Hillary. Um, many people who are listening have uh, attached themselves to Bernie Sanders. Um, how do you see that? Is that is that a crack in the armor, or is that more of the same? Time will tell. Um, I, represent, I, uh, I represent the community. Uh, my office, our office, when I say us, is on the Black Panther Party because our office is the streets. And uh, rightfully so, a lot of us have, have become uh, have a disillusioned with the whole electoral uh, political process. So we, the people, when people are questioning, like, uh, what is opposition? We have, we, we, they have to win our ear. You know what I'm saying? We up and ante. You know, opposition is with any person running for any, any electoral office, whether it be the United States president, whether it be a, a, a city councilman or alderman, what is their position in regards to that of political prisoners? What is their position in regards to the, to the African anti-terrorism bill? So when we hear these individuals addressing, addressing these issues, definitely they, they, they can you know, at least have our ear. But in this stage in the game right now, it's to a point that you know, neither of these forces have, you know, have particularly, they may have, made, they may have courted certain individuals from another class within the black community. However, the masses, those of us in the valley, the, what Francis Fanon referred to as the wretched of the, of the earth, we, they have not hit our ears yet. We've been talking with Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. He's here in Oakland, but we're talking about what's been going on in Chicago and how he's seeing 
uh, this political season. We've been talking with a number of people throughout the past couple of weeks. Kale Ancuno of the Malcolm X Grassroots Movement, Rosa Clemente, Chairman Fred, you know, one of the people that we want to get some insight on. Um, one of the things when we were talking with Rosa the other day, she said that people better be very clear, and I think you kind of alluded to that, that the repression is going to be ramped up. That, that you, you know, you're going to see a lot of emboldening. In fact, just before you came here, you know, we, we just saw a brother get, get jammed up right here in the city of Oakland mm-hmm. by somebody who, you know, felt emboldened, you know, mm-hmm. a little gentrifier, mm-hmm. you know, was puffing out his chest and carrying on. And, and she said, you're going to see more of that now because people have felt very comfortable that the state will back them up as, you know, as you just saw a cop just walking down the street and the whole nine. So how, how do we start to prepare for that? And do you think things will be ramped up or, or have they already been ramped up? It's kind of like they say about the, um, the depression. The deal is this, this, this is happening within our, in our community all the time. When other people start talking about what's the problem. Rich, comedic genius Richard Pryor talked about how the white community arrived through the black community and see black folks out there with uh, needles stuck in their arm and um, cocaine residue around their nose. And the white people say, that's a shame. And they'll come home and see their sons come on the front porch, uh, front porch with a can of Budweiser beer. And they say, oh my God, it's an epidemic. Deal is, it's been an epidemic within our community, you know, saying for quite some time. Uh, in fact, every day is September 11th for, for us within our communities, and uh, we, we 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 are the um, OVs, the original victims of terrorism. And so you, you though you with the, the likes of uh, Donald Trump and even in uh, Illinois, uh, Governor Rauner, you see right now even the. the um, uh, the, the, uh, snatching of state funds with uh, uh, institutions like Chicago State University, you know, what I'm saying, uh, threatening to being shut down. So a lot of these students who we tried to talk to before, now they're talking about, you know, this is something. There's some contradictions going on. These contradictions have been going down in the streets of Inglewood, North Lawndale, on a day-to-day basis. So, so again, so these forces can get aligned with those who have been dealing and trying to call out these contradictions on a day-to-day basis. So there's a lot of um, Johnny Come Latelys or whatever, and we welcome them, you know, what I'm saying to address this. But be very clear, this is this is this is something that we've been challenging and. and and I'm not saying that it was some sort of arrogance, but saying with a confidence, we have PhDs in being oppressed. And you know what I'm saying? So again, so it's, it's hidden very aspects of the community. It's kind of like they said Nazi Germany. They came for one community, I didn't say nothing. They came for another particular community, I didn't say nothing. When they came for for, for a certain individual, certain group of people, they said, oh, well, now that's a crime. So we call on, all, on, on people all walks of life, get in line and, just, and, and, and let's fight back and let's organize and form principal coalitions. You mentioned something, Chairman Fred, that uh, may have went over people's head, and I want to see if you could just dig on this before we close out. You mentioned about the closing of schools, and here we are in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Ethnic Studies, College of Ethnic Studies, the only one in the country that was fought hard for, you know, took mm-hmm. a year of striking, seven, 800 people went to jail, and here we have all of a sudden a, a move to try and shut it down, defund it, and call it a day. But that seems to be going on all over the country. You just mentioned this is happening in Chicago. What is it about this education system that we find that that becomes a fault line, or is it a distraction? Everything is political, and, I, and I, we do distinguish electoral politics from politics. Everything is political. Words, terms, fashion, you name it. The whole uh, dynamic of the privatization uh, is inclusive of that of the parking meters in Chicago, which was just exposed by the big scam of, from former Mayor Daly of Chicago to the present Mayor, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, about the benefits they have with the privatization of the, of the parking meters. To the whole discussion of the privatization of the prisons and the privatization of the schools, it's, this is big. This, this is it's big business. Initially, the state runs puts out these entities as some sort of uh, social services or uh, entities provided for the people. You see that we are in a staging game now where they're up front letting you know it's about bucks, it's about profit at the 
expensive. You have a climate now where different states are, you know, saying companies, you know, uh, 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 are saying point blank, we want, you know, so we we need this amount of prisoners within our uh, our prison by this year, so no, 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 that we be able to profit. This is not new, because for quite some time, you know, the, the old. Um, Catchphrase: The school to prison pipeline. However, it was done. In the, it was it was it was cloaked in some sort of uh, nice term like you know, war on gang, war on drugs. You see an arrogance now being breeded in, in, uh, being breeded by, by the state where they're saying, no, this, this is about money. It's not about stopping crime. And we say it's terrible, but it's fine because it's because uh, like Sun Tzu said in the Art of War, the cardinal principle of warfare is to know thyself and know thy enemy. And the people, if they're not clear, you see the arrogance of the white nationalists such as such as Donald Trump making it very clear. And as Marcus Garvey said, when all else fails to organize the people, the conditions will. Political prisoners. A lot has been happening on that front. Also, we just lost um, Mondo, uh, 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 David Mondo yeah. um, in uh, uh, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, talk about the state of that. That's what the POCC is about. Um, I know they're organizing around Matulu Shakur. Um, where, where do we stand with some of those soldiers and soldierettes that have been behind the cages? The POCC, the Black Panther Party, because we maintain a clarion call of free them all. Uh, and that, that maintains those the names that people are familiar with, the Sunday out of Coley's, uh, the Move Nines, the, the Mumia Abu Jamal's, and the likes, as well as to uh, the C numbers of Illinois, as well as to the cases of your brother and sister you know, who are snatched up under the auspices of the so called war on drugs and war on gangs. In the case of uh, Mondo, uh, Brother Mondo and countless of, uh, of cases, uh, Feel Africa, the Move Nine, these, these quote unquote uh, deaths. It's within inside these concentration camps. We are very clear that this state has a plan to implement the death penalty on, on, on all of us one way or another, whether it be through directly uh, executing us through, uh, uh, via lethal injection or some form of chemical, form of chemical biological warfare. We must, you know, we've seen this, we must up the ante and anticipate the demand, you know what I'm saying, we, uh, of, of, call, of saying free them all. And uh, in the meantime, between time, we must be very clear. We've seen with the case of Imam Jamil Alameen, former known as H.R. Brown, so many others, that this, 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 uh, if the state would take these individuals, isolate them, you know, and then come up with some, you know, some, some, some or they just almost all of a sudden mysteriously came up sick, whatever the case may be. We must be very clear that the deal is that this state intends to implement the death penalty on all of us in one way or another. We must anticipate the call, anticipate the heat on the streets and saying, What's our call? Free them all. There you have it. We've been talking with Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. Want to thank you for joining us. Uh, this afternoon on Hard Knock, how do we get a hold of the POCC? Yes, indeed. POCC, we say our office is the streets. Our work hours are 24 hours a day, seven days a week. However, in particular, you can reach us uh, by, via email, chairmanfredjr at gmail.com. Again, chairmanfredjr at gmail.com. Blogspot, www.chairmanfredjr.com. www.chairmanfredjr.com. Prisons of Conscience Committee on Facebook. We also say... Forward to the fiftieth. Again, forward to the fiftieth. This October, we will be we will be convening right here in Oakland, California, acknowledging the fiftieth year anniversary of one of the most revolutionary organizations that North America has yet to witness, the Black Panther Party. And we, the Cubs, say it's a tough act to follow, but we try our best to, to carry it on. Well, there you have it. Will uh, Hillary be hanging out with y'all? Do you have a jacket for Hillary? Interview over. <laughs> the time when people can come in our community and get us to vote for them so that they can be our political leaders and tell us what to do and what not to do is long gone. Everybody want the same thing, don't they? Everybody want a happy end. Yeah, we do. Everybody say we need a new president, uh -huh. but we all know that won't change a thing. Uh -uh. Nobody wanna work for a living. 
Everybody want their children warm Everybody want their family protected Food, clothes, and shelter from the storm I wake up in the morning, my mind focused on freedom My name is Olubala, that's for the love of the people Don't wanna be deceived by the pyramid and the eagle If you ain't got no dinero, America don't see you But that's all some game, they all some lame All over the terrain is hurricane and flames Up in the gun range to improve my aim And then use my brain and continue the train And if you live like you know what it is, then you gonna be Living for the struggle and loving one another Like the kings and queens we are We are, we are Sick of these crooked police, sick of these politicians Sick of these schools and the churches, sick of they whole system Instead of education, they building new prisons This generation fed up, seeking a new vision Waiting on healthcare, you dying on a stretcher They take away the welfare, no food, clothes and shelter Got these teens in wheelchairs, military veterans But the people waking up to resist this oppression Negroes have listened to the trickery and the lies and the false promises of the white man now for too long. And they're fed up. They've become disenchanted. They've become disillusioned. They've become dissatisfied. And all of this has built up frustrations in the black community that makes the black community throughout America today more explosive than all of the atomic bombs the Russians can ever invent. Whenever you got a racial powder keg sitting in your lap, you're in more trouble than if you had an atomic powder keg sitting in your lap. When a racial powder keg goes off, it doesn't care who, it knocks out the way. Understand this, it's dangerous. Because what can the white man use now to fool us? After he put down that march on Washington, and you see all through that now, he tricked you, had you marching down to Washington. Yes, as you marching back and forth between the feet of a dead man named Lincoln and another dead man named George Washington, singing, We Shall Overcome. He made a chump out of him. He made a fool out of him. 
He made you think you were going somewhere and you end up going nowhere but between Lincoln and Washington. So today our people are disillusioned. They've become disenchanted. They've become dissatisfied. And in their frustrations, they want action. You'll see this young black man, this new generation, asking for the ballot or the vote. That old Uncle Tom action is outdated. The young generation don't want to hear anything about the odds are against us. What do we care about odds? When this country here was first being founded, there were 13 colonies. The, the whites were colonized. They were fed up with this taxation without representation. So some of them stood up and said, liberty or death. Though I went to a white school over here in Mason, Michigan. The white man made the mistake of letting me read his history books. He made the mistake of teaching me that Patrick Henry was a patriot. And George Washington wasn't nothing non-violent about old Pat or George Washington. Liberty or death was what brought about the freedom of whites in this country from the English. They didn't care about the odds. Why, they faced the wrath of the entire British Empire. And in those days, they used to say that the British Empire was so vast and so powerful when the sun, the sun would never set on it. This is how big it was. Yet these 13 little scrawny states, tired of taxation without representation, tired of being exploited and, and oppressed and degraded, told that big British Empire, liberty or death. And here you have 22 million Afro-American black people today catching more hell than Patrick Henry ever saw. And I'm, I'm here to tell you in case you don't know it, that you got a new, you got a new generation of black people in this country who don't care anything whatsoever about odds. They don't want to hear you old Uncle Tom handkerchief heads talking about uh, the odds, no. This is a new generation. If they're gonna draft these young black men and send them over to Korea or South Vietnam to face 800 million Chinese, If you're not afraid of those odds, you shouldn't be afraid of these odds. Why is America, why does this loom to be such an explosive political year? Because this is the year of politics. This is the year when all of the white politicians are gonna come into the Negro community. You never see them until election time. You can't find them until election time. They're going to come in with false promises. And as they make these false promises, they're going to feed our frustrations. And this will only serve to make matters worse. I'm no politician. 
I'm not even a student of politics. I'm not a Republican, nor a Democrat, nor an American, and got sense enough to know it. I'm one of the 22 million black victims of the Democrats. One of the 22 million black victims of the Republicans and one of the 22 million black victims of Americanism. And when I speak, I don't speak as a Democrat or a Republican, nor an American. I speak as a victim of America's so-called democracy. You and I have never seen democracy. All we've seen is hypocrisy. When we open our eyes today and look around America, we see America not through the eyes of someone who, have, who has enjoyed the fruits of Americanism. We see America through the eyes of someone who has been the victim of Americanism. We don't see any American dream. We've experienced only the American nightmare. We haven't benefited from America's democracy. We've only suffered from America's hypocrisy. And the generation that's coming up now can see it and are not afraid to say it. If, if you go to jail, so what? If you're black, you were born in jail. If you're black, you were born in jail. In the North as well as the South. Stop talking about the South. Long as you south of the long as you south of the Canadian border, you're south. Twenty-two million black victims of Americanism are waking up and they're gaining a new political consciousness, becoming politically mature. And as they become uh, develop this political maturity, they're able to see the recent trends in these uh, political elections. They see that the whites are so evenly divided that every time they vote, uh, the race is so close, they have to go back and count the votes all over again. And that, 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 which means that any block, any minority that has a block of votes that stick together is in a strategic position. Either way you go, that's who gets it. You're, you're in a position to determine who go to the White House and who stay in the doghouse. You're the one who has that power. You can keep Johnson in Washington, D.C., or you can send him back to his Texas cotton patch. You're the one who sent Kennedy to Washington. You're the one who put the present Democratic administration in Washington, D.C. The whites were evenly divided. It was the fact that you threw 80% of your votes behind the Democrats that put the Democrats in the White House. When you see this, you can see that the Negro vote is the key factor. And despite the fact that you are in a position to, to be the determining factor, what do you get out of it? The Democrats have been in Washington, D.C. only because of the Negro vote. They've been down there four years. And all other legislation they wanted to bring up, they've brought it up and gotten it out of the way, and now they bring up you. And now they bring up you. 
You put them first and they put you last. Because you're a chump. A political chump. In Washington, D.C., in the House of Representatives, there are 257 who are Democrats. Only 177 are Republicans. In the Senate, there are 67 uh, Democrats. Only 33 are Republicans. The party that you backed controls two-thirds of the House of Representatives and the Senate, and still they can't keep their promise to you because you're a chump. Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Radio, East, West, North, South, Conectados. Every set, every hood, barrio to barrio, y'all stand up, stay righteous, speaking to the thugs, one love, we know where y'all at, top, ground buffalo, it's a hard knock life, gotta pay your bills, they want a song about bling, but it ain't real, uh, we speak to the kids and the OGs, organize, mobilize, be the change you wanna see, 415's bumping, hard knock radio, brown buffalo, all up in your stereo, Yo, and to the youth, live life like it's golden Go dumb, go hard, but don't forget where you're going We from the hood, so it's all to the good Let us know this, what you're feeling is right Let's get this understood It's only one reason why we here today We trying to make real music so the people can relate Learning from this hard knock Slipping in these hard knocks Listening to hard knocks Questioning the hard knocks Learning through these hard knocks Living for this hip hop Listening to hard knocks Ripping to the hard stop Learning from the hard knocks Living in these hard Listening to Hornock, questioning the park Learning through these Hornock, living for this hip hop Listening to Hornock, ripping to the Hornock Europe, which ravaged the world for 500 years Exterminated hundreds of millions in Africa, the Americas, Asia, and the Pacific Europe, which owes the rest of humanity a debt of blood and treasure that it can never repay last week announced that its victims should give up all hope of sanctuary from the wars, enforced poverty, civil chaos, and environmental devastation that Europeans have inflicted on the darker and non-Christian peoples of the planet. European Council President Donald Tusk warned millions of refugees from Asia and Africa, do not come to Europe, it is all for nothing. He was putting the last bricks in a wall that is far larger and vastly more unjust than anything ever erected in Berlin. And Turkey, whose Ottoman Empire was consumed by Europe and has ever since begged to be accepted as a member of the European tribe, sealed a deal that essentially sells the lives of millions of refugees in exchange for semi-European status and billions of dollars. 
The Turks accepted $3.8 billion to keep the nearly 3 million refugees that have gathered on its soil from crossing over into Europe, a vastly richer place, but one that claims it cannot absorb any more Africans and Arabs and Kurds and Afghans and others that are non-white and or non-Christian. The great bulk of Turkey's refugees are victims of Turkey's role in the war against Syria, in alliance with Europe and the United States, and the royal oil aristocrats of the Persian Gulf. In effect, Turkey has cashed in on the people it has helped make homeless, and established a human trafficking enterprise on a scale not seen since the Atlantic slave trade. This ghastly crime against humanity is further compounded through blackmail among the thieves and plunderers. As Turkey springs its vast protections racket trap, agreeing to protect Europe from further incursions from the formerly colonized people whose labor and lands have fattened Europe and its white settler states for half a millennium. There is a further condition to Turkey's cooperation. The regime in Ankara wants Turks, all 75 million of them, to be allowed to enter Europe without visa restrictions, and for consideration of Turkey's request to join the European Union. Nearly a century after the French and British divided the Ottoman Turk Empire among themselves, Turkey is still striving to be recognized, in European terms, as white. Certainly, Turkey is playing by all the European rules. As a member of NATO, it violates international law and wages aggressive war with impunity. It traffics in the flesh of its neighbors, Muslims, Christians, Arabs, Africans, Afghans, anyone who can be bought, sold, or bartered. And yet Turkey holds itself up as a model of civilization. However, the Europeans will never accept Turkey into the fold, because it is Muslim and not quite white, and so Turkey will have to prowl and growl on the periphery a wannabe European, or have a revolution and come to its senses. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Glenn Ford. On the web, go to blackagendareport.com. Late in the midnight hour 
But we coming, we coming for you
like a queen ant observing larva metamorphosis forming. We are Mother Earth's children. She has burned us, made us go to war for her resources, for its fortune, and it has formed us. To nature's war we do not forfeit. Some call women whores and say her virtue is her quietness, but girl, you are more, a princess even lioness. Disregard the disrespect, stick to pride and roar, like what I heard a night before on my front porch, a mountain lion's cry, for her home is ever more or less hers. I doubt a soul heard the howl amidst the loudness of the night. I have learned to say what others may disdain, and when I walk into the pavement, all steps I take are out of place. My home is more a cave, I'm less human, more primate in this day and age of useless things and waste. Select few eyes are watching me. I sense the warming patience, like a feline basking in the light of day, observing the alien airplane soaring across the blue. Never again will I read off dead trees to see what's new. When man does not exist and his pyramids collapse, it will not be a disaster, for we will have paid Mother Nature our dues. My great gazoo, it's Oscar the Grouch, Shrek, you know what I'm saying, think green. Hey yo, think green, whether it be money or the trees, the plastic you recycling, the honey for the bees. Don't think blunts, think piles of the weed smoke for girls out buying green shoes with their peak coat. Think green, save the earth, the polar bears got it worse, cause global warming got them swimming for turf, and they icebergs melting. Inconvenient, but it's true Damn, you just saying the hood, nigga You got proof of a scholar Nobel Prize winner Peace treaty, black Al Gore Feed the needy some more You an inspiration to us all Like most death is something the Lord made The Lord saves Bumper stickers on my mama car And she driving to church When I was young, I used to drive a berserk But this my hybrid theory Everything's electronic, solar energy Powered by the sun just for fun I print my album on recycled paper So you ain't gotta cut the rain for us For me to sing the chorus They ain't got nothing for us The government ignore us It's not important, I reckon Anyway, Earth Day is April 22nd Just thought I'd put it on record So you can be responsible for your efforts To think green like 
fucking over hey, us, we stay hey, blessed Big green like the magic Don Juan Make clean as Mountain Dew Syrup with the soda like the pink lean It's me, how I get the mail like the king of queens Storyteller man, tell a tale like Springsteen My flow is global warming My people play the nights, they know the morning Performing classics like what's going on and on the corner Make my carbon footprint smaller The shores of California to my Brooklyn borders, man My people forward thinking water, drinking, eating organic The more famished on the planet cause a panic Understand that you ain't gotta get high off the greenery Take a ride, chew up the scenery Even me, I'm about to turn in the escalator Cop some hybrid luxury Ish, righteous cause, pump up your fist Higher than the gas, pumping your whip Driving to Disneyland, have respect for nature Or get ate up like the grizzly man <laughs> That's my homie, feel the agony you already know what Black Hey, hey, ho, 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 knock radio East, west, north, south, conectados Every set, every hood, barrio to barrio Y'all stand up, stay righteous Speaking to the thugs, one love We know where y'all at, top Brown Buffalo, it's a hard knock life, gotta pay your bills They want a song about bling, but it ain't real Uh, we speak to the kids and the OGs Organize, mobilize, be the change you wanna see 415's bumping hard knock radio Brown Buffalo, all up in your stereo And to the youth, live life like it's golden Go dumb, go hard, but don't forget where you're going We from the hood, so it's all to the good Let us know this, what you're feeling is right Let's get this understood, it's only one one reason why we here today, we tryna make real music so the people can relate. Learning from these hard knocks, slipping in these hard knocks, listening to hard knocks, questioning.